You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, alongside my wife, Pam. Hey, it's good to be here with you. It's always great to get on, get behind the microphones mm-hmm. with my wife each yeah. and every week. I love this time. Spend some time talking about what's going on in the SMR Nation and where they want to go, which is where we're doing today. Mm-hmm. Uh, with shows that are, this show's just all steered by the nation with emails and calls that have come in. And if you want to be someone that helps steer this ship, uh, 214-702-9565 is how you jump to the front of the line with your question. That's our voicemail line. Or you can email us at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com where all the emails are read. Some are answered directly. Some become shows in the queue. And we want to speak to what is going on in your world to help you make all that marriage can be even better. That's right. And speaking of that, as we are recording this... Um, even though this airs a few days after we record this. Uh, happy anniversary to my wife. Oh, I'm back at you. We are celebrating 27 years as yeah. of May 29th. Yeah. And most of them have been really good. Most of them have. <laughs> and the ones that have not, at least we've learned something, right? <laughs> That's made the other years even better. <laughs> Absolutely, so we we'll have. Take it. But I have loved this journey with you. Yeah. Uh, off the air and on the air. And on the air. Feel richly blessed to have you by my side, baby. Well, this feeling is mutual, honey. <laughs> uh, so to the SMR Nation also, uh, thank you for being a part of this whole thing that's been going on for eight and a half years now and helping shape this. And one of the ways you help us most is when you jump on iTunes and rate and review, subscribe to the show, leave comments. Um, or Spotify, Google Play, however you choose to listen. Um, help spread the word. You know, with, with summer coming up, maybe you'll be seeing family. Grab their phones, subscribe them to SMR. Uh, just do it for them, and all of a sudden they'll be like, what's this? And then they'll thank you for it later. They will. <laughs> so coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio is your questions and our answers. We've got some really good topic ones that we'll be covering today. That have come in uh, via the voicemail line and the email inbox. And then coming up on the extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio, which is deeper, longer, and there is no ads. You can subscribe at smrnation.com forward slash smracademy. We're going to continue a conversation that took place two weeks ago based on the episode entitled, My Wife is Not Sexually Attracted to Me. That uh, a couple of members in the academy asked for us to expand on some of the ideas of how do I handle me better and what if that's not enough? And then we also had a member of the SMR Nation email in uh, pointing out some of the differences between alpha and beta in her Mm -hmm. experiences. Mm -hmm. And so where we want to land with this uh, in the extended content is a conversation about how securely attached is your penis, fellas? Because when it is, the world's better. So all that's coming up on today's show. Hello there. Um, I want to start off by telling you how much I enjoy and how beneficial and helpful Sexy Marriage Radio has been for me. I've been binge listening for a while now. 
Um, I do have a question, though, that's really frustrating me. I uh, My introduction to sex was pornography at the tender age of 13, and that led to decades of masturbation, fantasies, all that stuff. Well, when I got married, uh, I found it was very difficult to have sex with a person, and I had trained my body to respond in certain ways. And the father has just shown me, you know, the error of pornography, and he uh, is in the process of renewing my mind. So I can actually enjoy physical pleasure without fantasies and, and stuff. However, I'm having a hard time with arousal in different activities, you know, different methods of foreplay, um, role play, um, just just whatever, you know. My body is still so accustomed to getting aroused in just one way that it's very difficult to overcome that. And um, also, I notice I only have my only erogenous zone that's activated, so to speak, is between my legs, my breasts, and no other parts of my body are erogenous zones yet. And I'm curious, how does how does one develop new erogenous zones? And how does one develop the ability to get aroused in different, you know, doing different activities during a sexual session? So that's my big question, and I uh, sure would love to have an answer to this because I sometimes feel like throwing in the towel, but I've become, I've come so far that I just can't, and I don't want to. I want to have an active, vibrant sex life with my husband who has been very patient throughout this whole thing. So uh, thank you for your show, and you guys are doing so much good in our in our world. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. I want her to have a vibrant sex life with her husband, too. I do, too. <laughs> I do, too. What a great journey. Thank you for sharing that, number one. Um, but, but what a great journey to be uh, going down. Absolutely. And she's on the right track already Mm -hmm. in the sense of how she's framing this and what I'm hearing her Mm -hmm. say is that um, because of her experience and use of pornography and masturbation, and those two typically always go together, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of brain training that went on in that. Mm -hmm. And so therefore you can have those experiences where that's completely accurate where she says it's just difficult to have sex with another person Mm. because they just get in the way. Right. <laughs> right. All of a sudden, what they want is not in rhythm with what I want, and it throws me off. Yeah, and, I'm expecting a certain feel or a certain sensation, and when that doesn't get there, right? Because now all of a sudden, track. I've got to accommodate to someone else too, and mm-hmm. that's a different way of thinking about this. Because a lot of times, um, people's exposure to sex and their sexuality is through masturbation, and it's not ever talked about, and there's all kinds of guilt, and so that it does become this brain training. That the erogenous zone is just between her legs. Mm-hmm. So she's asking, how do we, how do I expand that? Because I don't, the well, one thing I don't really like is the idea of um, how does someone discover new erogenous zones? Because I, I think they're hardwired in. Okay. So instead, it's how do I get back in touch with these erogenous zones? How do I ex- explore Mm-hmm. And that's really what this whole conversation will end up being is this is an exploration 
that you get to invite your patient husband to come along with. And if the way she's framing it is, he likely will be a willing participant in this. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is then, how do we move our sessions into the sensual, not just the sexual? So it's almost like full body massage. Well, okay, I'm glad you said that because the immediate thing I thought was oils uh, and some things like that for him to help in the caressing of the breasts and some things like that that yep. make it a more sensual touch. Right. You know, because sometimes when it's just skin on skin and it kind of gets bumpy or whatever, mm-hmm. it's not, it can be where it's not quite as sensual right. and, as what some and this is things helping, like that yeah, help And this with. is helping her brain rewire some of those connections from different feels and sensations from body parts to then, if you've got it to where, okay, you can do some massage sessions, some touch sessions, and these are just kind of go where you want to go with it. It's generally, most most couples, I hope, mm-hmm. whenever it becomes a massage session, they don't just start right with the genitalia. Mm. You warm them up. That's the best right. way for this whole thing to go. Even men enjoy the warm up. Right, because it can have it enhances what can come later. Okay. So, do they enjoy the warm up even on the back, or does it all got to be on the front? Well, the front usually is where we want to land. <laughs> but yes, because there's muscles on the back that, and there's sensations that can be felt, and there's soothing and calming that can happen from this. And a lot of times, our transition to get into the sexual arena is I have to have a margin and a moment to move into it. Yeah. So, start with that. And while that's going on, just kind of follow the hand, follow the touch, and see what feels good and soothing. Because that's the beginning of this thing. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a good touch of like, oh, yeah, that, that I like that. It's maybe not sexually arousing. That's fine. But you're closer to it once you start to recognize, I really like it when you brush by my shoulder. It, it, it creates this good feeling. Mm-hmm. Well, that's in line with and going the same direction as the tingling that happens with the erogenous zones. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like this progression. You want to look at it as in your own mind, you're searching for and you're feeling out as these experiences unfold of massage and touch. You're searching for what are the things that feel good? Then what are the things that could feel a little sensual? Mm -hmm. And then what are the things that start to become sexual? Because it really does follow that progression. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's how you make it to where some of the different hardwired areas of our body can then become and steered towards sexual pleasure right. and arousal. Right. And so that's that's just kind of a it's it's a laboratory of mm-hmm. working towards it together. Um, we did an episode uh, several months ago. It's episode four thirty eight called Sensate Focus, mm-hmm. which was done by Masters and Johnson. Mm-hmm. And it's the same kind of concept where you want him to spend time massaging and working towards pleasure with you. And with you, you follow his hand. You can put your hand on his. That helps the brain rewire some too. Right. But you follow it with your mind. You just kind of follow the touch and be in tune with what does that create for me? Yeah. What does that invoke from me? And realize this takes some time because it's likely if she was exposed to pornography at 13 and got into the masturbation part of it shortly thereafter and had that going on for a while, it's the brain's pretty hardwired in there. Yeah. So some of the ruts in our in the neuropathways, they need to be 
worked at a little more to break to break and jump up over those. So but it's easily it can be done. I've got a question here. She had she had brought up the point of, um, like you said, started very early with masturbation and fantasy. And it sounds like she's tried to squash fantasy because that takes her okay. in her mind to whatever pornographic images she's Okay, because fantasy is equated to the pornography side of it. Right. Okay. Um, but, you know, fantasy can be something that helps you get into that spot. So I'm curious on the thoughts of how to work in fantasy that is with, in what she wants um, well, within the marriage okay. bed, right? Within the two of them and not fantasy about... So let's follow this progression then. Right. So they have some of these laboratory experiences. She finds that there's some elements of um, a particular breast that particular time starts to produce a little bit of a tingle. And then it's very possible because of the nature of us as people that the next time he goes there, it may not produce the same result. Right. So give yourself grace. Right. And that's right. right. Because True. they're not push button mechanical things. <laughs> right. Of, oh, that will produce the same result. No, not always. But when you can lodge into your memory bank of, okay, that actually, that was in, in that turned enticing. Me on. Mm-hmm. Or that was a sensual feeling or that was a comforting feeling or whatever it might be. Now, as she, she goes forward in these episodes or in sexual encounters with him, a fantasy can be, I remember that. Mm-hmm. And put yourself back in that moment because the brain can't, when you get into the fantasy access parts of your brain, there's not a timestamp on it. Mm-mm. And that's where you're using real time stuff in the fantasy of what's going on now to help steer what you want to happen now. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes that, how do you, Straddle the fence of still stay connected with what's going on. Don't just be disconnected unless you need to say, hey, I need to get my mind right. Give me a moment. Mm-hmm. Keep doing what you're doing. Give me a moment and, I'm a, and I'll be right back. <laughs> and that's yeah, just a, that's more awareness. Full Absolutely. intention to be connected. That's, that's much more awareness, which to me starts to create the scenarios where you get the opportunities of following the connections. Mm-hmm. You get the opportunities of... Um, building off of things and it's and it truly is a okay let's try that again mm-hmm. and maybe we maybe didn't go as well but i'm learning some things because this is just going down the route of combining the idea of healthy sexual touch steered towards my marriage that expands who i am mm-hmm. in my marriage you can also add to it if she's willing and interested you can add, you can add elements of healthy s- masturbation. Mm-hmm. Get rid of the get rid of the external things of the pornography because I think that's what we, that's where we start to get into the cloudy. That gets dark and, and slippery slope right. from our value structure right. that, that we've talked about on the show. But get into just the feelings of your own body. Get back in tune with your own body and don't just explore your genitalia. Warm yourself up. Treat yourself well. Right, ease into it. Create an evening. Treat yourself well. I love that phrase. Why not? I mean, (laughs) sometimes sometimes masturbation truly is a just get the job done because you're just trying to reach orgasm because you just want release. Sure, but go into it for the whole exploratory search of 
How does the how do these things feel? How do the different parts of my body feel depending on where I am in my cycle, what's going on in my world, mm-hmm. how, you know, all that. I think there's tremendous benefit and value that can be learned there. And so the more you just kind of use these things as laboratories, I think you start to rewire the brain back in touch with the erogenous zones that are in existence. And then you start to find out what works the best. And then you get better at just being flexible about, you know what? Normally, I'd kind of grown to where my breasts were a really good thing on getting me going. Not right now. They're not. But that's okay. Because something else will come along or I always got the fail safe of the genitalia. Right. That that does work. And good on you to keep, keep on the path mm-hmm. and see it as don't throw in the towel. Because the best is still yet to come, likely. Yeah. So an email came in. That says, Dear Dr. Allen, the only sex my husband wants is spontaneous. Morning, noon, night, middle of the night. It's when he wants it's when he wants to. He's not demanding or forceful, but he's irritatingly slow. Foreplay for him takes an hour, and any communication about sex is not allowed. No talking. He gets defensive. I don't have time for two hours of sex at one in the morning, and I can't get turned on when he starts touching me just whenever. I hate it. He only touches me when he wants to have sex, which makes it harder for me to relax. I'm almost jumpy, afraid to let him touch me. If I do get the chance to orgasm after I'm more sex after I'm more sexually frustrated than before and I can't sleep. Weird. So he's snoring and I'm up till four or five. Seriously, what's wrong with me? Well, there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> Not at all. Nothing wrong with you. I'd be frustrated too. Um, and the waking up thing, totally get it. At, 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 at nighttime, Corey will fall right to sleep. I'm wide awake. I come out and watch a movie or something after. Because <laughs> right. I don't know what so it you're, is. So you're talking about after, because this is a common thing. It's not just your experience, too, because I've had wives in my office yeah, it is uh, share the same sentiment in that there's often this this belief and this experience of, for men... Achieving an orgasm is a, a easy foray into sleeper, sleep easier, right? It's just the endorphin and the like, oh, it's just this relaxing where you just get hit with, I just want to go to sleep. Yeah, you're a big bear, go hibernate. <laughs> and we're but like, for okay, women, for a lot time, of women, especially after orgasm, it doesn't have the afterglow that comes down like a man to mm-hmm. where it truly induces sleep quickly. There are a lot of women that it just activates parts of their brain and their system to where it's all of a sudden like, I was sleepy before we started this thing, but now I'm anything but. Right. Well, and then the reality here of it, it, sometimes hour-long foreplay is fabulous. Timing and context matters. Timing and context matters. If it's, if it's, well, I go back to Seinfeld. Because it was just enough already. It was time to get some sleep. sleep. Right? So let's go back to what she's describing in here. This, what I'm reading in this, Pam, tell me with your woman eyes and ears uh, if you hear the same thing. What I'm reading in this is sex is determined and all about him. There's times where she gets invited to play and achieve an orgasm, but it's not the point. It's about, it's all about servicing him. That's what it sounds like from her perspective. It's the way it's written. It totally does, yeah. And I'll give it a bit of the doubt that that may not be completely skewed that way, but it's close. Mm-hmm. So 
she's talking about a couple of different things that I can completely understand why it would be very frustrating to mm. be sexual with him. Yeah. Because not only, um, even though he's not demanding or forceful, it truly is, he dictates it. He's yeah. the sole determinant of it. And it's almost as if she's just a uh, companion for that component at his disposal. Yeah. So this then starts to get into this arena of, okay, if that's the dynamic, where's her power? How is she claiming what she wants in this? Because he gets defensive. I'm going to sit here and say, there's no talking. What did, how, did he, how does she frame right. it? Right. Uh, any communication about sex is not allowed. No talking. He gets defensive. Well, ma'am, I'm sitting here thinking, let him get defensive. Yeah. Speak up and say what you want. If you've got something that you need to change this dynamic, you're going to have to face the fact it's not likely he's going to stand up and cheer that you're now speaking up about what you want in this dynamic. Yeah. And if you don't want to settle, if I mean, if it's lousy sex and you don't want it, Say no right. once in a while. Absolutely. But there's also this element of, in her brain, this goes back to what we just did in the first segment. In her brain, his touching is all triggered as, oh, here's what he's after. Because that's the only time he touches. Right. Yeah. And so to break that, you have to claim power back over your own body. Mm-hmm. To be able to start to say no when you're definitely not interested, but... This is the concept that we'll be talking some about in the extended content today. Um, that'll it'll be a little overlap in this, yeah. but this is that element of when spouses can learn to handle no better, they hear it less. That's the truth. Because what I'm actually wanting in marriage, in sex, in marriage, in my mind, is I want a willing partner to choose to want to participate in that with me, not just be a receptacle or a conduit for me. Right. Because it is both sides. Right. Right. It's not just the male only thing here. Right. But so it's recognizing she has to start to claim, in my mind, the power that is inherent in her over who she gets to choose to share her genitalia with. He doesn't just have access to it at, at his whim and disposal. And so if it truly is, it's one in the morning, he rolls over, makes the move of I'm interested, and you're like, you know what, it has been a horrifically long day. Sorry, no, rain check. Tomorrow night, maybe give me a heads up ahead of time and we'll work at it. Mm-hmm. Because she's saying it only can be spontaneous according to his spontaneity schedule. And I crack up at the... Um well, crack Which, up is poor wording, maybe, but spontaneous to me typically is something that is potentially faster. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Wow. Okay. And that's the thing maybe that I'm interested in. Maybe those two in. aren't necessarily equal, but. No, but that's the thing I'm interested in because the way she's framing this with spontaneous sex, it's likely he doesn't just all of a sudden at one in the morning, that's the first time he's thought about having sex with his wife. No, that's, I'm sure it's, he's it's, thought about I, my it My guess often. is it's come on before. Yes. And so this is an element about how do I bring to the bear the dynamic that's already between us and be able to say, look, I want to be a, part- a participant in this. I want to be engaged in this. And I want you to bring me in on it earlier than just right when you're ready. Right. 
that we need to work on our communication in the sense of how is our foreplay happening before we actually start the foreplay even? What's our vocal foreplay? What's our mental foreplay? Yeah, give me something to get aroused beforehand. Yeah. And the more I can start to do that, the more you can start to then move into the arena of, okay, every time he touches you, you're going to know the code of that's a signal for the short term of he's interested. But when you have claimed your own voice and your own genitalia and who you share it with when, then you start to give your brain the ability to understand just because he touched me in that way does not mean I have to revolt from it. I can just be, no, I'm not there. And I don't overreact just like he overreacts with the defensiveness when she brings up what she wants to talk about. Yeah, because that's this vicious circular reference, right? If, if, um, if that's her feeling when he touches, if he gets defensive, well, getting defensive on something like that is not an attractive feature. That's going to just right. create a, a bigger snowball effect for right. him. And so this is truly about, as Esther Perel describes, this is about creating the space between you by claiming you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times a partner's not going to necessarily initially be excited about that because it's going to feel like you're withdrawing and withholding. But if you still are wanting to be engaged in a sex life and be involved in it for your own benefit and your marriage, and you want to be a part of it for your for your partner, which I totally get there's a part of that component in marriage, the more you can start to then still act in that light while also speaking up about what is congruent in you, mm-hmm. the more you start to create the scenarios of if he wants something from you, he's going to have to work for it some on your time frame too. Right. Because I really do believe a good wife in the long term makes a husband work for it a little bit too. (laughs) (laughs) I just think there's a power in that of, I mean, that's where Schnarch made the comment of might have been a whole lot easier if God would have made women with two vaginas and then she could have given one to her husband and kept one for herself. Right. And you wouldn't be fighting over the same single organ. Right. So there's a component of, you know what? I want to share this with you, but you've got to work for it, too, just like the reverse is true. Right. He's got a man up. She's got a woman up, right? Yeah. So so it's just kind of... Take charge of your own territory. Owning who you are and being willing to speak up and handle the frustration, the defensiveness, the whatever it is, because otherwise you're faced with, he's defensive or I'm sitting here completely frustrated, wondering what's wrong with me. Right. Well, nothing's wrong with you. It's a system dynamic. Make it better about the system and play your part and then see where that goes and let us know. So before we transition into the extended content to actually answer this message, uh, this was left in the academy and I just want to let the nation hear it beforehand. So they're asking, based off of the episode um, that was, my wife isn't sexually attracted to me. This was a message that was left. Can you go deeper on the idea at the end of this episode? And this is a quote from something I was saying at the end of that content. Am I living a life that's worth wanting? Would I want to be married to me? Would I want to have sex with me? Would I think I'm alpha enough? Would I be drawn to that? Because I know that I can answer those questions, and most of the time there's going to be elements of a no in there. When I can honestly own that no, I put tremendous pressure on my spouse to up their own game and make a choice. That's where married life gets really good. That's where the erotic comes in. That's where the power and energy between us comes in. 
because I'm no longer trying to carry my spouse's weight. I'm just trying to live my own and share it with you. So why does that pressure on a spouse bring in the erotic power and energy? What happens if a spouse is not carrying their weight? What if it's a medical issue that they're doing their best but not capable of carrying their weight? So they want to know, how do I do that better? And what is it? what happens if I don't, if mm-hmm. it doesn't change things? So if you want to know that, stay with us in the extended. Well, it's kind of fun to sit and talk about um, just the state of us and what goes on as people, if it, you will. <laughs> it, this is so common, right? This is, happens in just every household. Right. At that point, it's just so real. And and I want to, I guess, let's end this episode uh, with this message that uh, with what you're facing in your marriage and what you're facing in your sex life, and those have an overlap, yes, but if you're sitting there and you got this dynamic of it's just not what you hoped it would be, or it's just not what you thought, or it seems one-sided, or you're, you seem powerless, and, and you can easily in your own brain to try to make sense of it, start to wonder... And is there something wrong with me? Am I broken? Mm. I want to just end with this being able to say, you're not broken. No. You might be stuck. There might be something just off a little, but you're not broken. No. Because all of us are incredibly capable. That's the human experience. Mm -hmm. It's the resilience of the humans. And so recognize you're normal. (laughs) Welcome to normalness. And I can, I got great things ahead of me if I can look at it and have the courage to make moves towards it. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. If we left something undone with these today, let us know, 214-702-9565, or as always, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Well, thanks again for taking some time out of your week to spend it with us. We'll see you next time.